Uh, the U.S. election has taken place, and many of you have sent me a text message that said WTF. Now, I won't translate what that means, and I, I'm sure that everybody meant uh, what the fun stuff is happening over there. Uh, other people have uh, sent me text that says, where are all the arrests? I'm getting the, you know, and then is hope lost? Um, and so what I wanted to do is I wanted to interview a man who I consider to be my friend, uh, a man who is an attorney, and a man who has uh, made claims that uh, he has seen some of the content on the Hunter Biden uh, laptop. And then that content actually made its way around the Internet. And many of you saw it, too. A man who has made claims that there was widespread uh, election fraud. And many of you have read Sidney Powell's report documenting the, the election fraud, uh, documenting it and showcasing the, the election fraud. However, the facts uh, have been on our side, but it would appear to many of you that all hope is lost. And so with that uh, wind up there, Lynn Wood, welcome back onto the Thrive Time Show. How are you, sir? Well, Clay, I'm doing fine. I mean, you know, there's a lot of a lot of flat coming in, but uh, I'm holding up well, and a lot of that's because of my uh, wonderful messages I received from many of your listeners and others, and uh, primarily because I I love God and I know that He's with me, and uh, He gives me uh, hope, and He uh, uh, tells me and teaches me that uh, He only works for good, and while He does it on His timing and not not mine. Uh, I have confidence in God and I have faith in God so that we're going to all be okay, even if we're going to have some difficult days ahead. Well, what I wanted to do, and I'm not at all comparing you, for anybody out there, calm down. I'm not comparing, Lynn, you to Martin Luther King Jr. I'm not comparing you to Jesus and I'm not comparing you to Paul. But I am bringing up three examples of people that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. thought that people should be judged based on the, their, the content of their uh, character, not the color of their skin. Jesus was murdered at the age of 33, crucified for uh, sharing the good news. Paul was beaten 39 times on five separate occasions, and then he got to write 13 books of the Bible while in prison as a result of being a disciple of, of Christ. And so many people listening right now are experiencing persecution for the first time in their lives. They've been on Facebook sharing Linwood interviews and facts, and they're sharing all this, and now their friends are like, see, I told you. So I guess my first question for you is, what happened with the election and what is happening with the election? Well, let me let me preface my answer by first picking up on what you just talked about. The Bible teaches us without question that if you follow Jesus Christ, you shall be persecuted. Not maybe, you shall be. Mm. Every persecution is finite. You don't ask why. You just basically say, God, what do you want me to do with this? And at the end, you'll usually find that it was a blessing in disguise. You'll get closer to God. Maybe your family will get closer to God. Maybe a stranger will come to God. So suffer through the persecution. It's not to be, uh, it's not unexpected. In fact, you're told that's what will happen. Now, what happened to the election? Uh, Trump won. Uh, he won a landslide, I think, historic landslide election. He knows that. That's why he's never conceded. What's going on now? You said something about it, it appears that uh, we've got Biden. It, it appears that Trump has given up. Let me go back and say simple truths are simple truth. Appearances can be deceptive. 
I believe that uh, we have right now an illegitimate government. I think we have to realize that communism has taken over our country without firing a shot, and they now installed an alleged administration that is essentially uh, controlled by communist China through money, uh, through blackmail, and through other uh, mechanisms where communists get control of you. So I think that while I felt like this would be resolved earlier, while I fully at times have expected to see arrest because laws, serious laws, have been broken by many, we got to remember that we don't work on our time. Mm. We have to wait on the Lord, and it's His timing uh, that will take place. The events that people want to see today or yesterday or in two days, in a week, while we want them and we can anticipate them and we feel like there should be action taken, those events, from my view spiritually, are not going to occur one second before or one second later than God has planned for them to occur. Do I believe there will be arrest? Yes. Can I tell you when? Well, I've tried to give you information that would point in a certain time period. I haven't turned out to be right all the time. Timing is not my forte, apparently. But will I ultimately find that I believe what I'm saying will happen will happen? I think if you give time to this, you'll find out that I'm right. So that there will be arrest. The fake administration that we're undergoing right now will not stand. So you could stop and say, well, why in the world don't we just move in? I think that the people that are running our government want to avoid at all cost a civil war so that if action is taken now, people will say, well, Trump's trying to take over the government and there'll be this planned in, uh, insurrection by BLM and Antifa stuff financed by George Soros and others. So they'll try to divide us. I think they're trying to buy time to lessen the chances of that type of civil war type violence occurring. Whether they'll be able to successfully avoid it, I have my doubts, but I'm not the person making the decisions right now. Uh, but I do believe that if we can stay steady, stay calm, obey the rule of law, stay true to our constitutional principles, that in the end, we're going to find that justice and truth prevail. Even if it's not when we want it to happen, ultimately the goal is not when, but just the fact that it does happen. That's what's essential. We're talking about the long-term survivability of freedom in this country. If it takes a little while longer to wait on it, once again, simple truth is a simple truth. It'll be well worth the wait. You know, we had a, a listener that uh, um, emailed in some intelligent questions, and I, I really feel like these are, are one. I'm, I have many, many questions from listeners, so I'm going to fire through kind of my, my inbox here of questions. Question number one from the listener is, who is actually in charge here? Uh, there's a lot of rumors that the military is in control. There's a lot of rumors that the Biden administration is in control. Um, this listener wants to know who is actually in charge there. God. <laughs> that's in the spiritual world, and okay. I think that's the truth. Uh, but now you want to move into the real world, which is essentially a lie. So you've got uh, what appears to be, I think, a shadow government, an illegitimate government. Biden's in charge. You've got uh, 
Donald Trump, who has followed the law to the letter, has not done anything to interfere with the constitutional processes of this country. He cannot be accused of taking any unlawful actions that somehow caused a coup or contributed to a coup. And then you've got the military. I think if people will do their research, they will find that back in the 50s, when communism was first really seen as a threat in the McCarthy era, a flawed man, but he understood communism, I think you'll find that laws were enacted consistent with our Constitution that gave America protection against an illegitimate government coming into power through the insidious uh, communism that creeps in when you're not paying attention or creeps in and you don't see it. So if you ask me, do I know who's in charge? No, I know I'm not. I know God is. But in the terms of the three choices, I believe that the rule of law is being followed, and it's my belief that the military is in charge of this country right now. Now, uh, it has been since 12 o'clock noon on January the 20th. And you, you believe that. And for anybody out there that says, uh, how, how can you prove that, what would you, what would you tell them? I would tell them to look at the applicable laws. I would tell them to look at uh, what's going on with the inauguration. Why was Biden sworn in almost, I believe, 17 minutes early? Every inauguration, the swearing in occurs at 12.01 p.m. Why was it early? Why... Did one friend tell me they saw one of the singers, maybe it was Lady Gaga in her Hunger Games outfit, <laughs> be introduced, and then on another channel, she was finishing her song. Why does a man tell us publicly that he saw the inauguration 10 hours before it was supposed to be shown live in America? He saw it in Spain. Now, was anybody in Washington, D.C. that saw that inaugural ceremony take place? I think there's some concerns about whether we saw a fake inauguration that had been videotaped to Hollywood production that was disguised as a real inauguration. I know that it wasn't done on time. I know there were other things that you could pick up with a discerning eye that would raise questions about when it was done and whether it was artificial or real. Now, Lynn, I, uh, uh, on, on just an emotional uh, basis, you know, when, when I found out my dad had cancer, that was not a positive experience. Um, when I found out he then, after fighting his battle with cancer and, and defeating cancer or the, the medication defeating cancer, uh, God beating cancer, he, he then uh, had Lou Gehrig's disease. I found out he had Lou Gehrig's disease. Wow. And I, I felt the way um, when I when I found out for the first time that my dad had uh, cancer, I felt really bad. But when I found out he had beat cancer to then find out he had Lou Gehrig's disease, that's probably the low point of how I have ever felt as a human. Um, and then maybe tied for that was I was in you know college. Uh, my best friend, I've known him forever, my roommate. We were best buddies since we were you know like kids in diapers. Uh, we were roommates in college, and, and he died in a car accident. Uh, you know, just he was supposed to be hanging out with me that night, and I found out he I came home from the, the from uh, DJing an event. I used to be a disc jockey. I came home and uh, from an event, and every guy on the dorm, there's probably 30 guys, 35 guys, 
And they're all looking at me, and I'm going, uh, this is pre-cell phone, you know, pre-before people would call each other on the cell phone. And I'm like, what, what is, what, what's going on? And they say, uh, uh, I remember Adam, Adam, so my friend Adam, he said, your, uh, your roommate's dead, you know? And he didn't have anything else to say. I just remember saying, you know? And I feel like that's kind of how America feels right now. You know, I, I don't think there's, and I, I feel like people are saying, we know, and I'll put it on the show notes so people can see. I think people know that Peter T. Gaynor was put in charge of FEMA on January 14th, 2020. I'll put a link on today's show notes. I think people know that FEMA is a very powerful organization, more powerful than the Constitution, people, people might say. Uh, Peter Gaynor uh, has served in the Marines for 26 years. Peter Gaynor was put in, in office on January 14th. He's a freedom-loving American. People know that Christopher Miller was put in to be the acting Secretary of Defense by President Trump on November 9th, 2020. They, they know that. They know that, uh, that Christopher Miller was put in part, uh, charge of the D.C. National Guard. People know that Ezra Cohen-Watnick, a, a pupil, a, a man who was mentored by General Flynn, was put in to be the acting right hand of Christopher C. Miller on November 10th. People know that President Trump's last tweet referenced the phrase giant voice. And they know that the American signal, company, the American signal uh, uh, product, the, the military mass notification system, is called giant voice. People, people know these facts. People know that General Thomas McInerney said that he believes that, that, special, that, he's, that he actually saw with his own eyes the laptop that the special forces had seized from Nancy uh, Pelosi. Uh, so people have all those facts, but then they didn't see the acts that they were certain were going to happen. And I was just certain when my dad got cured of cancer, uh, Lynn, that, that, you know, it was going to be good. And then right when I knew it was going to be good, I had all the facts. We had the facts. He was cleared of cancer. Then here comes Lou Gehrig's disease. How should American Christians be processing this from your, from your perspective? How should, we be, how should we emotionally be dealing with this? Well, I'm sure that to many people, they're literally in what I would call a state of shock because they were expecting truth to prevail, and it hasn't prevailed yet. The game's not over. What I would say from a Christian standpoint is that just like when your father suffered the cancer and then came back and suffered the Lou Gehrig's disease, you don't ask God why, because he's told us in the Bible that when he makes a plan for your life, he knows things of which you will never know. Mm. So on a bigger scale, when you look over and say, when I said God's in control, I believe without a doubt he is, and you say, well, God, why are we, aren't we getting a rest? Why, why is this happening? You don't ask God why, mm. because he knows things of which you will never know when he made the plan for this nation. The question you need to ask is, God, what do you want me to do with this? Think about it that way. Okay. I think God will tell you with respect to what's going on in the country that he wants you to stay calm he wants you to trust him, knowing that if you wait on the Lord, eventually he will work for good. America needs to wake up. Many people in our country still do not know about the massive evidence that supports the conclusion that's unescapable that this was a fraudulent election. Surprisingly, many countries and people, citizens in other countries around the world, they know it happened. 
but they're not living where the truth has been censored by the media. We're undergoing censorship. People, I, I was warning people about it on Twitter months ago. I could see it increasing slowly but surely. Well, boy, they put the accelerator down now, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Because in a, revol- in a revolution, first they want to suppress your speech. Then part of that in the First Amendment is your freedom of religion. They're going to come after your religion. They're going to come after your pol- politics. They're going to come after your Second Amendment rights because they don't want you to have a gun to, to fight an, an insurgency or in a resistance. Then they're going to come after your due process. They're going to put the people that disagree with the new, uh, the new leaders, the, the, the people that took over our country, they're going to put you in jail. They're going to take away your right to a jury trial. They're going to make you summarily be imprisoned or executed. Those aren't speculation uh, in terms of the facts. That's how it has done and been done historically in other countries where there has been a color revolution. That's what's been happening to America. So what I would say is trust the Lord. Make sure you do the right things. Obey the law. Don't give them some chance to say that you're violating the law and then lower yourself to their standards because they are violating the law. Stay true to the Constitution. Follow its principles. Don't stoop to their level where they are engaged in acts of treason against our country and our Constitution. Um, Sean Lohman is a guy in in the office here who's been here uh, for a while. And uh, Sean, how long have you worked in the office there, man? I've been working for Clay Stairs for about four years. So four years? Mm-hmm. And you, you are new to the, 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 the Christian team, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I'd How like, new are you to the Christian team? <laughs> like uh, a few, well, let's just say the, the night of the 19th, I decided to make the leap of faith either into what was going to be very, very bad persecution or a very, very awesome story. And uh, so that's happening right now. Okay, Lynn, so we have a new a new man who's been, the, the events of this year have, have awakened Sean to a lot of things. Yes. And uh, I think when Sean first heard that uh, the Dominion Company, the vote-counting machine, uh, shared office space with George Soros in Toronto, I think his head almost exploded. (laughs) I think when he saw that Eric Coomer, the head of strategy and security for Dominion, is an outspoken Antifa member, I think when he saw that the software that's used was Sequoia Smartmatic was founded by the communists in Venezuela, I think I just would watch Sean's head just, what? What is going I think your head almost exploded, <laughs> yeah. and, and that got him right into a, a relationship with Christ. Now, that being said, I told Sean, I said, Sean, you can write some questions that you want to ask Lynn, and uh, so, Lynn, I'm going to let, let, let her rip here. Let's, let's see what Sean has to a- ask you. Okay. okay. All right, Lynn. So um, I've got four of them here for you, all right? And the, the first one is on the subject of Nesara Jessara. Okay, I've been deep in the trenches of looking at alternative media here, so I'm now talking to a lawyer who is credible. Um, this is supposedly called the National Economic Security and Recovery Act, or the glo- in the Global Economic Security and Recovery Act. You can go find it at nasarahelp.org, um, or excuse me, jessarahelp.org. But this, this is, Lynn, correct me here if I'm wrong or jump in if you need to, but apparently this is a piece of legislation that was signed into law by President William Jefferson Clinton in 1993. And according to a petition I found on change.org calling for the announcement of this, it, was, it should have been announced on September 11th, 2001 at real 10 a.m. Real quick, Lynn, just before you ask the question, do you believe that is real, sir? Is that real? 
I don't know the, the facts is, uh, in terms of dates and Clinton and the fact that it was supposed to go into effect on September 11th of 2001, I believe you said. Yeah. But I, I do believe that the uh, law is real. I do believe the law is necessary for the long-term survival of our country from an economic standpoint and, more importantly, from a freedom standpoint where you return government to the people. So I do believe that Donald Trump uh, will, in fact, uh, put, I've heard it called Nassaurus and Jassaurus, I believe, also, but I believe that he will enact that. Now, again, I'm not a historian, but my general knowledge tells me that around 1912, America defaulted on its notes, and the bank, the Rothschild Bank, which is now known as the Federal Reserve Bank, not owned by America, essentially, in, because we defaulted, took over our financial system. We had to bank through the Federal Reserve. They've been issuing all the money, paper money, eventually not backed by gold, not backed by silver, but backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. So it's almost like unsecured debt. And they've been printing it faster than they can make paper. And we are now one of the most debt, we're a debtor country. And it strangles us. The interest strangles us. The control the Federal Reserve has over us strangles us. So when they, when they formed and went into the, the relationship in the 1912 or thereabouts, we became the United States of America Incorporated. Inc. That was the entity that signed away the, the rights to the monetary system to the Federal Reserve or the Rothschilds. What I believe is that, in effect, put it in simple terms, you know, Trump was always criticized because he had bankrupted two companies, and he said, hey, it was allowed by law, and it helped survive the companies so they could flourish again. And everybody criticized him about it. I believe that Donald Trump is going to bankrupt this country, United States of America, Inc., now, real quick, going to say that's, that's the smartest thing he's ever done. Now, real quick, because real quick, happens, Lynn, I want to ask you. Is, Lynn, I want to ask you real quick. I'm so sorry. I want to ask you this. Yeah. You just said on. the United States America Inc., and I have never spoken to you about this. That, that's an honest thing. You and I have never talked about the United States America Inc. ever. I know sure. about this, and therefore I know you're not crazy. But could you explain what that is, real quick, sir? So so sorry to cut you off. I just know somebody just had their mind blown. Well, and that was my next question too. Okay, so, so I'd love to hear so that. So Lynn, can you tell us about the United well, States America Inc.? Well, well, before we incorporated, in order to take this transaction when we defaulted on our debt, we were the United States of America, the Republic. And since that time, we've been, in fact, doing our financial system through the Federal Reserve as the United States of America, Inc., a corporation. And that corporation can be bankrupted because we are spending more than we are bringing in. That's, a, that's an element of bankruptcy. Our debt is greater than our assets. That's another element, either one of which would allow you to declare bankruptcy. So what happens? Just like in an individual, if you declare bankruptcy, you've got to pay your secured creditors with the security. But your unsecured creditors get in line. Well, let me tell you something. We've been printing so much money, we'd never be able to pay it back. So what happens? One of the big things that would happen is who is one of our biggest creditors? Who owns a lot of our debt? China. If we bankrupt against China, the Chinese economy, which is already very fragile because of the America First policies instituted by President Trump, 
their economy will implode. What happens? Maybe the result of that is the Communist Chinese Party loses power and China returns to a country where the people of China take it back over. That's a real threat to China. It's a threat to the Communist Party of China. So they will pull out all stops to prevent their destruction. They'll pull out all stops to prevent Donald Trump from taking an action that is absolutely essential for the long-term survivability of America, the United States of America, the republic. So I believe that if things go, hopefully they do go go to someone's plan. It's not mine. But I'd like to see President Trump come back and serve as the 19th president of the United States of America, the republic. Because that's the number that would apply if we went back in time to when we became Inc., back when we made the deal with the Rothschilds. I think we'd have an economy going back to the gold standard where our currency had value, Mm. not just paper. I think we would go back and we would find ourselves where you didn't have to have an income tax, where you could have a 17%, let's say, consumption tax, where the government would be able to help some of the people that might be harmed by the financial transaction in terms of mortgages or savings lost. We'd become once again a nation of economic prosperity, not a debtor nation. We'd be a debt-free nation, and our economy, can generate the income to pay the bills. We've got to run it like a business. You can't spend more than you make. Our, our assets in this country are great. The gold reserves, sufficient for the time being. But look what would happen. If we go through with the executive order from President Trump that he's put into effect in 2018, all foreign countries who interfered in our election, all of the American companies that interfered in our election, All of the individuals who interfered in our election, the government has the right to confiscate their assets. Now you see why America can be financially not only solvent, but financially uh, well off to take care of the needs of this country and to still be able, where there's needs around the world, to help others. So it amounts to returning our country back to the people getting it out of the hands of the Federal Reserve, Rothschild family, getting it out of the hands of these politicians, career politicians who are in there for money that allow the system to continue because they get money when they appropriate and give money away, money that we can't afford because it's printed paper. Mm. So now you see why we're dealing with something much bigger than Biden versus Trump. Mm. In fact, what we're really dealing with is good versus evil. Now, uh, listener here uh, writes, and again, I'm just—I I won't keep you super long today. I just wanted to—I got about ten more minutes of questions I wanted to, wanted to ask, and I really do appreciate your time. A listener wrote, "Why did you give us false hope? Why did you?" And Lynn, because they wrote you, uh, I have to assume they, they meant me. That way, they're not asking you. But they, well, they said, up. "Please ask Lynn. Why did you give us false hope?" So I think they're saying, Lynn. Tell me why Clay Clark why Clay Clark is an idiot. I think that's what they're doing. I'm sure surely they're not attacking you. So they said, "Please ask Glenn why did you give us false hope?" So I don't know. I think that's directed at me, but maybe you could answer that question. Why did you give us false hope, sir? Listen, I, I I've seen the accusations against me, and that somehow I'm responsible for the the, the alleged death of the young lady in 
at Congress. Uh, I'm responsible for the uh, destruction of Parler. I'm responsible for uh, for Biden being in office and and no no arrest. Listen, you and I, Clay, we're not the government. We're not in charge. Right. What we try to do is we try to look at credible information that appears to be truthful, passes the test of credibility, and we provide that information so that people can be informed. Now they can look at those facts and draw their own conclusions. We have, and I know I have, tried to draw conclusions to try to give, some, to give people some sense of where we're heading. Again, my timing has not been good at all. I'm imperfect. But I wasn't trying to give false hope. I was trying to maintain hope mm. so that people didn't feel a sense of it's over. We lost. I don't think it's over. I think there is every reason under the facts as we know them to maintain hope, to keep a steady hand on the wheel, ride through the storm, to get over on the other side safely. Mm. So it makes me feel bad when, when I tell people get ready for a blackout or prepare to get food ready and stuff, and nothing happens. It dings my credibility. So people say, well, he's crying wolf. Well, you know, I'd rather be safe than sorry. If I've got information that I believe justifies the warning i'd rather give it and be ridiculed for being wrong than to not give it and turn out that it was right so i think that as long as people look at our motives and they're good they ought to cut us a little slack uh and and be patient because in the end it doesn't really matter whether our timing or analysis is correct Mm. it just matters that the american public stay in the game keep their heads about them and take it one day at a time. Do the best you can each day. You don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus said it's take care of itself. He's telling you that's because it's planned. There's nothing you can do about it. And the future is planned. So if we focus on trying to do God's will one day at a time, we will be able to weather the storm. Because if, if you're in a really bad storm in a boat, you want to look up and see Jesus Christ at the helm, right. you know you're going to get through that safely, don't you? Lynn, uh, a listener asked uh, this question. I'm going to read it to you. We have political leaders resigning everywhere. And I, went, I, I took the time to put uh, links to all of the specific resignations they were referring to. But they said, we have political leaders resigning everywhere. What's going on? And they put a link to where you can see the entire Russian government was resigning. The Netherlands government was resigning. Kuwait's government resigns. Estonia. I haven't talked about Estonia on this show in a long time. In fact, ever. Estonia. The Italian government is on the verge of collapse. Germans, uh, Germany's uh, Angela Merkel's uh, would-be successor uh, resigns. Uh, Lynn, what, what is going on with all these resignations? We tend to look at uh, our religion and sometimes isolate it to the United States. God created the world, and the world is all interrelated. What you're seeing is you want, you had George Soros wanting the, the Great Reset, one world government. In the, in the same analogy that you could draw between Christ and Antichrist, I think we are undergoing the Great Reset, except God is going to flip the switch in the opposite direction from the direction George Soros wanted it to go in, where he would have done Amen. it for evil. God's going to have somebody in the head of this world, God, that's going to be for good. I've used the term the second harvest. And I've said before, I'll say it again, at least from my spiritual analysis, 
God has on his calendar the, the second harvest, which he promised would occur before Jesus comes again. The devil, who doesn't know the future, is trying to figure out where God's going. He's thinking, well, maybe he's going for the second harvest. So the devil tries to speed up tribulation, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast. In the end, remember that God is in control. God has all the power. The devil has none. The God's going to look over and say, hey, devil, get off my calendar. I control it. It's not time for tribulation. This is the time for the second harvest. So I think the world is going to see some difficult days that are going to be resolved at some point in the near future where people are going to realize once again that God is real, just like they realized when the first harvest began, when Jesus rose from the dead and returned three times on earth. The second harvest is going to occur. I think this world is going to go back to closer to what God created it to be. It was a place for the people. So you're seeing in other countries situations develop where the people will potentially be back in control of their country. Same thing I believe will happen to America. So God is at work, and I think that's why we have to sit back and realize, well, we can't fix America right away uh, because God's got other pieces of the puzzle to put into place. People will say, well, God didn't answer my prayers. He always answers the prayers of a believer, but he does it on his time because for him to answer your prayer, it may require that he deal with several other people or events. When he deals with those, then he will answer your prayer. That's why we have to wait on the Lord and trust him. Amen. Sean, we have time for one more question from you, my friend, and we have one more question from another listener. Amen. Okay. Um, so you, you already talked a little bit about the McCarthy era and the legislation that they put in place there. We, m Many of us know, as Clay has been sending out texts and talking about the executive order that uh, Trump put in, President Trump put in on Monday, ensuring democratic accountability with, with rulemaking. Um, so... I guess, uh, how do you see those things? I mean, here in the natural, if you were the strategist, Lynn, I'm sure you've put a lot of thought into this sort of thing, but how do you see those particular things like laying out over the next coming days and weeks? Well, again, if you don't mind me letting me preface my remarks by, by saying this, the military is nonpartisan. The military doesn't owe its allegiance to Biden, it does not owe its allegiance to Trump. The military takes an oath to preserve and protect and defend the people of America and our Constitution. So if the military is in charge, it's not Trump, it's not Biden, it's the military doing their duty that they put their lives on and the line for every day to protect the people of this country. So we need to trust them. They may be the one institution right now that uh, Americans do trust. Now, I know there's been discussions about, well, some generals on the Joint Chiefs of Staff signed something that said they like Biden over Trump. Don't dispute that. I'm sure there's partisanship in the military. But if those military leaders and, more importantly, those military troops live up to their oath, and they do, they don't care whether it's Biden or Trump. They're going to protect the people. And that's why I think that if the military is in charge, as I believe it is, people should be secure in that knowledge that they're going to do what's right and necessary to preserve our Constitution and to protect the people of this country. How is it going to play out? I think they're, they're, they're having to walk a tightrope. 
they, they want to take action. They know who the wrongdoers are. They know the crimes they've committed. The evidence is in place. But they've got to be careful to pull the trigger on that at a time where you minimize the opposition's plan, which is to create civil unrest in our cities, because if we're divided, we're weak. If we're divided and weak, that's when China may come in to actually try to physically uh, take over our country, which may not, I believe, be avoidable. But we want to be sure we've taken the time to be prepared for it. You know, you don't. I, I, I don't play cards, but I played a, a little bit enough to know, and I do this in litigation. If you only know your side, you don't know the other side, you, you're going to fail most of the time. Yeah. If you play your cards, you don't play the other person's cards, you're not going to win at poker. So we've got to figure out what they've got. We don't want to expose our cards. We don't want to play our hand until we need to. Let them play their hand. I think that's what's under uh, underway here. I think that we've got some brilliant people that run the military. They're getting input from other brilliant people. We've got people that love this country in the right spots. You mentioned some of them at FEMA and, and Mr. M- and, and Chris Miller you got to at some point decide who to trust, and it's hard right now. People are having difficulty figuring out who to trust. At the end of the day, I've said this before, well, they don't want to trust you, Clay. Now they don't want to trust me. They don't Now people are mad at Trump. They, I don't want to trust Trump anymore. Listen, at the end of the day, maybe the lesson we're learning is that you can't trust any one man. You can only trust God. When God gets you to realize that, there's your great awakening. There's your reset. There's your second harvest. You know, I uh, uh, one thing I, I've, I've talked to listeners about to the point where I feel like somehow, Lynn, I feel like I'm a very low paid, just like you. In fact, no paid. We're not paid at all. And it costs us thousands of dollars. In my case, you know, for hosting a podcast or in your case, whether it be legal fees, personal protection, whatever, you know, you, you spend a lot of money. And you're not charging anybody. If you're not selling advertisements, we're not looking to go viral. We're just we're answering questions from real people. And the question I keep being asked is, you know, why'd you guys lie to us? I talked to one lady last night. And I said, what What did I lie to you about? And she says, well, they didn't do anything. You know, it's like they didn't do anything. And she, I understand the emotion of it. And I, I took it like a punching bag. You know, I just took it. And then I said, uh, well, you, you know that the, the Dominion Company... Uh, you know, shared office space with George Soros. We we know they received a massive amount of funding from China. You know, the head of the company is Eric Coomer. We know he's pro Antifa. I mean, you know these things, right? Just well, yeah, but they didn't do anything. So I just want to make sure the listeners know the facts remain, but it's the acts. The acts is the part that I think makes us all a little insane, because the facts remain. Well, I'm, you know, but the fact that yeah. we can't see the action is what's making everybody. Insane, and I just want to get your comments on that because people are asking, well, you know, Clay, ask ask Lynn about Sidney Powell and General Flynn and all these people that seem very confident. You know, where are they now? What what's going on? And uh, and I'm going, listen, listen. I've never met Sidney Powell. I've never met General Flynn, but they're all people that love the Lord, Christian people. I, I, so I wanted to. I don't even, I'm not even sure if that's one question or maybe 18 questions there, but maybe you can comment on that. Well, let me tell you, uh, Sidney Powell is a truth giver, and she loves the Lord. General Michael Flynn, one of the finest men I've ever had the privilege to know and call friend. He is a truth giver, and he loves the Lord. Uh, They haven't thrown in the towel. They're not giving up. Uh, They would like to have seen things resolved sooner. 
but they're not in a position to pull the switch on the timing. The right. people that are in that position have a body of knowledge and a strategy that's not known to all of us. So don't lose faith in Sydney and don't lose faith, faith, uh, faith in General Flynn. And, and they shouldn't lose faith in you, Clay. What happens, and this may take just a minute or two sure. long and you won't, but let me no, just sure. explain this so that we can understand, I think, what's happening. Caesar was threatened by Jesus. Because Jesus was obviously having the masses of people follow him. That threatened Caesar's power. So what did he do? He charged Jesus falsely with the crime of claiming he was God. Right. So they stirred up the agenda to try to attack Jesus by saying that he was guilty of blasphemy. And they whipped the crowd into a frenzy on that one point where the crowd was saying, you're crazy, Jesus. You don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. You lied to us, Jesus. And they said, guilty, kill him. They did. They killed the Son of God. But in the frenzy, the masses failed to remember the body of his work in life. They failed to remember that he healed millions of people. Mm that he had performed miracles, as John said, more than the paper allowed you to write in the Bible. So they forgot about the body of his life's work. They got focused on the frenzy, the propaganda, and they killed him. They killed the Son of God. But they didn't kill the message, did they? In fact, they elevated it. and That message has lasted for 2,000 years, and it continues now to be regrowing to be stronger than ever before. Yep. So what they'll do is they'll criticize you, they'll criticize me, they'll make false accusations, they'll exaggerate claims against us because they want to try to kill the messenger because they can't attack the message. Because what we're telling people is our best knowledge of truth. Truth cannot be attacked. Truth is incontrovertible. So if you can't attack the truth, the message, you attack the messenger. Does that help put things into a little bit better perspective? It really does. It really does. And, and I would just say, uh, folks, if you're out there right now, um, God wasn't surprised by the uh, results that we saw. By they the, planned it. The, yeah. I mean, God wasn't... You know who controls the elections, it's God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just want to make sure. God was not surprised by watching the godless... Lady Gaga prancing around the inauguration event. God was not, I was appalled, but God was not shocked. He wasn't surprised. And um, I don't claim to be God. I don't claim to have a really direct link. I, don't, I can't call God, and, and God doesn't say, well, this is a, on Tuesday at 4 p.m. This is going to happen. I don't have that. Oh, man, I would love that. I would love that. But I would just encourage everybody, uh, take a deep breath, and let's uh, see what happens. Lynn, is there any kind of timetable we need to be looking for? Should we be looking for the, the summer of 2027? Should we be looking for the fall of 2034? Should we be looking? <laughs> I mean, should we, you know, I mean, seriously, well, what, what, is there any, any type of uh, timeline that we can look at at all? Or what, any, any thoughts? I don't want to paint you into a corner by asking you a question because, again, I don't. Well, everybody say I'm wrong, but, but I'm going to give you my best analysis. And so, obviously, analysis, it's an opinion. that's based on fact, but it still could be right or wrong but at least it gives people some, some things to think about. Our country has fallen into, historically, a country that decides policy based on election cycles. 
We think in terms of every two years, and clearly we think in terms more clearly of every four years. Other countries, like China, they engage in long-term strategy, a 100-year plan. They engage in that strategy, they formulate it, and they execute it. We're always bouncing around. So it's going to take time for America to fully understand and accept the radical but I think necessary change that's got to take place in our government. Now, does that mean it's going to take four years or eight years? I think it's going to take several years for people to fully get their arms around it. But in terms of what everyone's looking for is when are we going to get a rest? Well, I don't know. Only God knows. But I do think that if you look at the situation, that there is a growing uh, anger, there's a growing feeling of helplessness amongst the American patriots who I'm sure begin to think, well, we got to take action. That's why I said obey the rule of law, stay within the Constitution. But there's also a growing problem for the other side, the bad guys, because people are learning the truth slowly but surely. Right. They're learning their issues about the legitimacy of the inauguration. They're learning clearly there's some issues with the election. Italy was involved. I mean, every, everybody around the world knows this was a stolen election. They tried to hide it from half the American public with the propaganda media. But it's coming out. So when it comes out and they realize that we are going to know as a nation that this was a fraudulent election, that mm. Biden's not, the puppet's not in power, they can't let that body of knowledge grow but so far before they have to act. So I'm, I think it's in the next, uh, I don't want to say week, uh, two weeks. It may be sooner. It could be another week or two after that. But I don't see... Uh, how we can let this kind of thing blow up much more uh, before something occurs. People want to know too much. They want to take action, both sides. That's why I caution, let's let them play their hand first. Let them make the attack on us. Then we will respond. We always unite mm. against a common foe. But I think our military is ready. I think China's ready. I think George Soros has had Antifa and Black Lives Matters in several major cities for a period of weeks or months ready. So it's kind of like we're sitting on a, a powder keg that's going to explode, and I don't think we can sit on it much longer. But again, all we can do is control our individual actions. Yeah. In terms of mindset, let's stay calm, let's stay steady, let's try not to overreact, even when it's difficult to avoid feeling an overreaction. And, right. and then in terms of our conduct, let's stay within the law. And then I think we've done the right thing. Yep. The other side will do the wrong thing. And I believe, as God teaches us, that good will prevail over bad, right will prevail over wrong. So let's don't stoop to their taxes, ta uh, tactics, which are violative of the law. Let's stay within the law. And believe it or not, <laughs> this Constitution was inspired by God. Mm. The men that wrote it, inspired by God, that's why we cling to the principles and fundamentals of our Constitution. Yes. Let's continue to trust the Constitution. Yep. It was inspired by God, and I go back, like I've said before, to, to don't trust Clay, don't trust Lynn, don't trust Donald Trump, uh, don't trust Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> trust God. Trust God because he is in control. He created this world. He controls this world. He has allowed sin to exist, just like in my life. Two and a half years ago, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, all right, let's go. I said, I'm surrendering my life to you. 
He used sin in my life to teach me lessons so that I would be better prepared when he tapped me on the shoulder and I surrendered to him mm. to finish the job, put me in, make me into the person he created me to be, to fulfill the task that he created me to fulfill. So we've got to remember that evil, everybody knows this, they're flaunting it in our face. It's risen to a level where now people are beginning to realize just how much evil exists in this world. At the right time, God's going to crush it. We're going to know that he's real. We're going to give him all the praise and all the glory. And I think our lives are going to be better in the next several years than they have ever been in our generation, if not for generations. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Lynn, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you asking uh, or answering uh, some difficult questions that were asked by people. I know some of the questions might have sounded a little bit rough there. Uh, mm. But, uh, you know, I, I just I, that's why I want to have that these conversations with you when we think it's appropriate where you can answer the questions. And I, again, I don't want you to feel like this is a hit job, some of the questions, but just many people had questions. I, and so I wanted to ask you. I want to say this. I love questions. I would love for your listeners and other Americans to ask questions, to ask the tough questions, to seek answers to the easy and the tough, because then they'll get the truth and they can analyze it and come to their own conclusions, which then they will firmly hold. When they try to just accept ours, they say, well, you didn't get it right. I can't trust your conclusions. They need to think for themselves. God gave them instinct. He gave them common sense. He gave it to us all. He gave us the spirit of God. It lives in our heart. We do have a direct line of communication with God. We can talk to God anytime we want to. And then if we wait, he will listen. He will answer. We spent a little bit too much time talking to him and not enough time listening for him. Mm. So just take, take, take some time. Turn off your brain. When you have a tough situation, the devil's battlefield is your brain. It will confuse you. A lot of garbage has gone into that brain over the years. Turn off your brain. Listen to your heart. Your heart never lies to you because that's where the Spirit of God resides in your, in your body. Lynn, you are a great American, uh, uh, a proud patriot, an unapologetic uh, Christian. I appreciate that about you, my friend, and I hope you have a great rest of your night. Same to you, Clay. Take care, brother. Now-